I'm just I'm just gonna go like full Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> He's disappearing out of frame for a second. Oh, stop making eye contact with the camera while you're doing this. This looks weird. <laughs> you ever stared in another man's eyes while you drank water? Hmm. Me neither. <laughs> You like movies about gladiators? I realized as I started saying that, I was like, all right, that's where we're going. This is this is the direction. Do you have like a like a tone? Do you have like a little song you start with? I mean, all of the songs I'll add in post later. Do you have like an ESPN NFL draft intro music that you do for this? Oh god, that would that's so much better than what I have going right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> just just <laughs> this <laughs> anthemic <laughs> fanfare. It's like John Williams at Esque. <laughs> <We're kidding. laughs> right, some, um, some things don't change, it's, and it's never going to. <laughs> like there, you know, there's, there's two constants in the world: death and taxes. And the third is that you know this is going to be how our interactions go every single time. But the reality is, I think we like that because we have to be like grown up, responsible with everyone else we talk to. <laughs> And and when we have these moments, it's like, oh fucking, we just get to be stupid. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Sick of this professional shit. Yeah, I also prefer the fact that you know our interactions are on a list that just include death and taxes. Like, <laughs> okay with that too. <laughs> just those three things are comparable. These people are constantly trying to avoid death, taxes, and Mike and Chris interactions. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Band Draft, the show where we create your own supergroup. What we do is we take a vocalist, a guitarist, a drummer, and then either a bassist or a multi-instrumentalist, just an additional musician, and we try to make the best band imaginable. Um, I'm your host, Chris Slattery, and I am joined here today by uh, Mr. Mike O'Meara. Mike, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for the invite. Absolutely. Very excited. Very excited to be here. So Mike is an accomplished musician <laughs> with that face uh, and a former radio DJ who is uh, currently, not currently, we're recording right now, but currently uh, performing with a, a nonprofit group called um, Loudspace? Loudspace Inc.? Yeah, Loudspace. Um, tell me a little bit about Loudspace. Yeah, so Loudspace is a, is a great idea that one of my coworkers came up with. Think kind of the concept of an open mic. They bring all of the instruments, say it's uh, at a bar uh, or a local like, theater venue, and set it up. And the, the point is so that other musicians can come, they can connect with folks uh, and meet with people and, and put together bands try out new songs that they've written and obviously put on a show for anybody else who shows up. So it's a, it's a great idea. A secondary part of it is that they provide instruments and training for younger people that don't have access, that don't have the financial resources to get a drum set or to get a guitar or any of that stuff or to pay for lessons. They can show up and for free because it's a nonprofit, they can get trained in these instruments that, that they're interested in and, and would like to do. So it's, 
it's a great program that's that's fun as a player to go and meet other people that play and, and put together bands and songs. Uh, and it's also just a great program to help to, to help the Lansing, Michigan community and bring more music to more people. That's awesome. And uh, I've, I've talked to you about it a, a few times. It's it seems like it while it is, you know, a little bit more than an open mic, it's kind of like an opportunity to just have a jam sesh. Right. It's great because it'll kind of turn into a jam session where folks, um, you know, they go up and they play what they want to play. And if they came with their own people, they play with them. And then usually towards the end of the night, uh, if there's time, you know, it'll be like, oh, hey, man, I like how you did that. Do you know this song? Okay, great. We'll go up. And then people just kind of go do stuff on the fly. Uh, what we did in July was a singer-songwriter showcase at the uh, Robin Theater in Rio Town, Lansing, where it was two straight hours of nothing but original music from... 12 different people nice. which was great because it's it's not just all rock it's not just all country there's there was a, a hip-hop artist from i believe he was from iraq uh who had moved here um, over the last decade and you know was writing in english and that was awesome you know there's a bunch of other folks with interesting stories different ages different demographics uh there's a, a woman from grand rapids that'll drive down sometimes who's an r&b singer and she's just fantastic um, and it's it's a great cornucopia, if you will, of uh, different styles. But but it you know when, when you do all original music, it kind of adds a whole other level to it. So August 29th, uh, they'll be doing another singer songwriter at the uh, Robin Theater as well. Nice. All right. Very nice. exciting. I like I like that it's growing, that it keeps getting bigger, and and you know a lot of positive energy. And I heard that their uh, their ultimate goal is to get their own space at one point, so they can just start doing this like pretty much, you know, all the time, every every day. Yeah, um, they uh, they've got some partnerships that are in the works, and they're currently just working on the legalities of having a space that you can have events at moving forward. And very excited for where that's going. You know, they're they're super invested in the community and and growing this to really help everybody. That's awesome. All right. Well, everyone should check out uh, Loudspace Inc. then. That sounds that sounds really cool. Well, thanks, Mike, for coming on the show. So uh, we have two rules here at Fantasy Band Draft. The first is that uh, no two people can be from the same band um, at the same time. Apparently, this might come up at some point. Um, during this conversation that you have allowed me to exploit yes which i didn't even know until i was doing i I picked my people and i was doing the research on them and that is when i found this out oh i'm so excited to figure out like just to hear who these people could possibly be i I have a suspicion based on what i know your preferences are but i'll i'll wait until we actually get to that point to uh to talk about it um and then the second rule is that you can't use any people that have already been um drafted from a previous episode so mike already got the list so um before we get into the draft itself um i always like to talk to someone about some weird specific music things so mike do you have any music hot takes that you want to discuss today um i feel like there's not really any guitar heroes anymore in new up-and-coming music in the way that when you you know, people our age grew up, you know, you had you got your 70s kind of rock guitar people. You've got your 80s rock guitar people. You've got your 90s rock guitar people. You know, a lot of folks 
who didn't care for Jimmy Page or didn't care for uh, Mick Mars love something like Kurt Cobain, which is a very different style. But it makes somebody, you know, hopefully not just white males, but it makes anybody want to pick up a guitar and learn how to play it. Because um, there is a, a, an assumption that, you know, guitar, like rock guitars for white males. And, and I love seeing when, it's, when that's not true. Um, because that music is supposed to be for everybody. All music is supposed to be for everybody. Um, and so seeing, you know, I, I love when there's like, like all female tribute bands going around and, and playing stuff that all male bands had done. And like, I mean, I love all fem- female bands that write their own music as well, but it's, it's just fun to see these different perspectives and these different people kind of all getting into, you know, enjoying the same music and playing it. Um, but I feel like, like a lot of new songs that come up now, you really don't have these people who had that, that legendary status. And maybe I'm wrong, and, and maybe you can point to some folks that you think do, but I don't know if there's anybody out there that if you're a 10-year-old, 12-year-old kid like I was when I first said, I want to learn that instrument, I don't know if there's anybody who's coming out now that's making a 10- or 12-year-old go, I want to learn that instrument. We, it, at one of the loud space events we did, where these two teenagers, kid played guitar and sang and the other kid drummed, um, and they went up and they played Psycho Killer by the Talking Heads. And they played the Beatles version of Twist and Shout. Yeah. And I was like, I was like this is great. Teenagers are listening to the Talking Heads. <laughs> and they played Reptilia, which made me laugh. <laughs> but all of those songs are from way back like before they were born i mean i mean we we played stuff that was written before we were born but like reptilia when reptilia came out in, in what 2006 i mean if this kid's 14 yeah that's like when he was born. exactly and that's reptilia yeah <laughs> by the strokes it's still a new band to me that's still a new band because you know they came out like when I was in high school. So to me, that's still a new, it's, I've been out of high school for 15 years. But, but I don't see, I like and limited range of experience, but I don't see a lot of teenagers playing new songs that have great new guitar lines No, with that same passion. And I, right. I feel like that's, there's a missed opportunity there. And I know there's a lot of conversation around when, when Gibson was having their bankruptcy issues that it's like, why aren't, they going out? Why isn't Fender going out? Um, I'm actually getting into a lot of other guitar companies and moving away from like the big few because there's a lot of other guitar companies that are, are reinventing how they think about a guitar in a way that I feel like Gibson and Fender have kind of gotten lazy. But go out and get young people who are trying to rethink the guitar, who are trying to, you know, find new riffs to do with this old instrument. Yeah. And like, support them and push them and create these new guitar heroes. I mean, the Les Paul sold, like they sold a ton of Gibson Les Pauls because Jimmy Page was huge. They sold a lot of Gibson SGs because Angus Young was huge. Fender Stratocasters because Eric Clapton, Kurt Cobain, David Gilmore, that drove sales. What, what are they doing now to get young people interested in picking up a guitar or drum set? Or piano. Because a lot of music that, especially popular music that you can make now, you can make just on a laptop. Like I've 
written plenty of songs using the guitar on my iPhone as opposed to like going out and buying a guitar. And you're right, even though there's a lot of guitar driven music these days, it feels like there's not anyone that's really making that like guitar pronounced rock music. The reason I wanted to pick up a guitar was I was listening to like the White Stripes in high school and my friends just played Dead Leaves in the Dirty Ground. I was like, I got to know how to play that like immediately. So I just picked up my friend's guitar and because there is a certain there's a certain kind of guitar hero song. Yeah, it has to have a great it has to have a sweet riff and you have to look cool playing it. (laughs) Right. There's there's a lot of posturing, but the posturing is a part of uh, what makes it attractive. And I don't know if anybody's doing that. You know, I'd love to see more people getting promoted for doing that and in a very diverse way. And I think that'll bring people back into wanting to learn an instrument instead of, eh, I can just put it on my iPhone. I have way more fun actually playing an instrument than I would putting it on a computer. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I do, based on my own, you know, financial limitations i can't go out and buy a bunch of synthesizers so i do enjoy like that but in terms of guitar i you know i much prefer the actual feeling of the strings underneath my fingers doing the bends and the hammer-ons and all that stuff and actually forming the chords rather than basically putting a bunch of zeros and ones into my into my garage band there's there's just different ways of being creative yeah and and there's a there's an analog way of being creative and there's a digital way of being creative. Because there's still um, bands like like Greta Van Fleet who I I haven't listened to a whole lot, but you know they get accused of sounding a lot like Zeppelin, but they're creating new music. Like that's that's a pretty cool thing, right? Um, or there's somebody like uh, Ghost who's like really fusing metal methods with like pop hooks. Yeah. And this insanely dark and mildly satanic way. I mean, that's all the good stuff right there. But it, it's innovative, right? It's cool. Yeah. And it's innovative. Do you think that's what people need to do is just integrate, you know, these really cool guitar things that we loved growing up and try and infuse them in different genres to try and bring people from those audiences into kind of a more guitar aware mentality? I'm fixating on guitar because that's my weapon of choice, but it's really just getting people to want to play any instrument, whatever it is, violin, piano, drums, like the act of playing an instrument is just a creative mental process and, and getting people to use that more instead of, uh, here's where I'll sound like an old fart, just sitting in front of a TV and watching Netflix all day. I think would benefit everybody. Cause yeah, when you're, when you're playing an instrument, there are, you know, hundreds of different things that are going on in your brain. There's, there's math involved, there's spatial recognition, you know, muscle memory, like all these different things that are going on. There's a ton of research out there that, that kids who play music perform better yeah. because it fires all these things in your brain. I don't know. I clearly didn't play enough instrument as a kid to retain the science <laughs> of it, but it's a fun way to learn math. It's a fun way to like practice spatial awareness. Mm-hmm. It's not sitting in a classroom. Like I sit there and I go, I want to learn smells like teen spirit. And I pick up a guitar and I learn smells like teen spirit. That's an accomplishing goal. Yeah. And that feels great. No matter who you are, no matter what your age is. And there's a, there's a reward that comes with it too. Like when you play something that sounds good, like this 
wonderful music comes out of it. And you get to hear that reward when you're, you know, writing something down, like you just get to see it on the paper and, you know, maybe, oh, I get a good, get a good grade on it. And that's the, that's the reward that you get. But like actually hearing something positive that comes out of the instrument that you're playing, you know, it, it, it blends different senses together. And, you know, ever since I started playing, I've been writing stuff, but I never really played what I wrote in front of people. And it wasn't until I heard, I like really listened to the, the Sound of Silence song. There's a line in there that says, people talking without speaking, people hearing without listening, people writing songs that voices never share, no one dared disturb the Sound of Silence. If you want to create stuff, like put it out there. And maybe what you write, maybe what you talk about is helpful to somebody else. Just put it out there. What's what's the worst that could happen? Nobody listens to it. They're not listening to it if you don't share it. I think that's a, a good note to end the, the hot take on. Make something. Put it out there. You don't like it? Make something else. Keep making shit. Exactly. That's I my like message. That. Keep making shit. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get into the get into the draft then. Um, I'm really excited just because I I really like coming into these these draft picks cold. So I have no idea who you're going to pick. So, Mike, who have you drafted as your vocalist for your fantasy band? Well, for fantasy band, uh, first let me give a little little intro. Sure. There's, a, there's so many amazing musicians that do so many amazing different things and so many different amazing styles. I was having trouble picking a fantasy band because it's, it's endless. There's so many different people that are so good at so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to create a theme and drive my band around this theme. Interesting. Okay. So my band name is Gravel. Okay. Gravel. Just like the small rocks that make up a driveway. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Which is the perfect segue into my vocalist. Uh-oh. Lemmy Kilmister. So now when you be getting this, the new century comes. Lemmy Kilmister is, is one of my favorite people in music ever because he just did it his way. And he lost a ton of money because of that. But it was his ride and he was going to drive it how he wanted to. You know, Motor Lemmy is obviously best known for Motorhead and Motorhead is best known for Ace of Spades. But if you really dig into the catalog, and this is also why I have him as the vocalist, uh, Lemmy's writing is brilliant. The way that he, as a lyricist, sculpts his songs is fascinating, and the more I dig into it, the more I appreciate just, just his ability as a songwriter. Everything else aside, yeah, he plays this crazy, thrashy punk. He's a metal god, you know, with the raspiest six packs a day voice. That's that's what people attribute to him are those things. I've never heard anyone attribute, you know, great songwriting to him. But if you if you boil it down and you look at the production value and the way that he'll layer uh, vocals and the way that he builds bridges and, and choruses and verses, it's 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 brilliant. Um, so I got two songs that you might want to. They're two different style songs. Okay. Uh, the, the first one I'll point to is a more traditional Motorhead song, 
uh, and it's called Brave New World. But I believe it came out, it's on the Hammered album, which I believe was uh, from 2002. I'll, I'll just read through the, the first verse. So it's called Brave New World, comes out at the turn of the century. So this a new beginning as the new century dawns. The world's a better place for you and me. Shouldn't smoke or drink or watch that evil filthy porn. Be Christian and God will set you free. Being poor is worse than having AIDS. The homeless live in boxes at our feet. Living in a constant state of dull frustrated rage. The innocent shot daily in the street. Brave new world. Brave new world. Brave new world. And, and in the third verse, the government is coming and it wants to be your friend. It wants to show you how to be a snitch. Inform upon your children the inevitable end is everyone's a victim but the filthy fucking rich. And religion, like the monster that it is, keeps telling you to turn the other cheek. God is on your side, but I don't think that you're on his. If Jesus showed up now, he'd be in jail by next week. Talking about the socio-political status of, you know, the, the early 2000s. And the fact that everyone's saying it's a better world, but if, if you're poor, you're in a horrible position. If you know, the innocent shot daily in the street is, is obviously not a problem that's gotten any better. You know, most people hear that song and they're just like, oh, it's this gravelly motorhead guy. But like, that's a really powerful lyric. There, yeah, there's like every single line in this is pretty much saying something different about something fucked up that's going on today. Yeah, and this was this was 17 years ago. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm reading through just all the rest of the lyrics here, and it's kind of hard to to read all of them all in a row, just because it's it feels pretty hopeless in a lot of ways. Just because because you're right, this came out 17 years ago, and none of these have gotten better. It's heavy. Um, and the next one that I'd I'd like to point to, which is a very different, especially the intro, it's very different than traditional, uh, is a song called "God Was Never on Your Side." I, something tells me that this one's also going to be kind of a huge bummer. You know, if you read Motorhead lyrics, there's a lot of huge bummers. He got ripped off by a lot of people. Does this start off acoustic? And the sun refused to shine. Then made the shackles be undone. Well, this does not sound like Motorhead at all. Cease to rhyme. This is still really good, but this does not if sound like Motorhead to me. People have a perception of yeah. Motorhead, and, and when you really dig underneath it, there's so much more. Yeah, it's these parts are so underrated, and I'd argue you could put these a lot of their lyrics up against anybody else in terms of depth and in terms of poetry. This is this is nuts. I'm you're opening my eyes to to Motorhead. Like I. So I just hear Ace of Spades or I just hear, you know, a Motorhead song on the radio and you don't really listen to the lyrics that much. And you're just like, oh, it's, you know, probably this, you know, probably another goofy song about playing cards or what, whatever. Like, right. and, and that's what gets a lot of the radio. superficial. Play. So, like, I'll read, I'll read one of the verses on this. See 10,000 ministries. See the holy righteous dogs. They claim to heal, but all they do is steal. An illusion of faith, cheat, and wrong. If God is wise, why is he still when these false prophets call him friend? Why is he silent? Is he blind? Are we abandoned in the end? You know, obviously talking about, you know, folks, these mega church religion people that 
just take money and like the Joel Osteens who won't let hurricane victims into their church, right? Yeah. These 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 frauds of a system that's <laughs> claims to be your friend. So that's my my vocalist pick for his his gravel vocals, fantastic lyrics, and his heavy duty bass playing. Oh, was he a bassist too? Oh yeah. Okay. I was I, I figured that he probably played something in Motorhead outside of just being the vocalist. I just wasn't sure what it was. Motorhead's always been a three piece. Okay. He actually so he actually started as a roadie for Jimi Hendrix. He originally played guitar, and then he became the bassist in the English space rock band Hawkwind, uh, where he wrote a song called Motorhead, uh, and then they kicked him out of the band because he may have done a few too many drugs and wandered away from a rest stop in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and they just drove off without him. Uh, so he had to hitchhike back to the show, play the show. I think he had to play one more show, and then they officially fired him uh, once they finally got somebody else. And then he just formed Motorhead and stayed on his bases, but still wrote a lot of the guitar riffs and stuff like that. Multi-talented. Yeah. Interesting story, interesting thought. Yeah. R.I.P. Drink, uh, drink a Jack and drink some Jack. Every <laughs> That's time. later on today. So let me. So let me. <laughs> awesome. Um, perfect. Now, um, who do you want to pick as your guitarist for the band? So I kicked around a lot of options here. Um, and and I, I thought what would kind of pair well with Lemmy and, the, and that drive, but we'll, what would also kind of change it up a little. Yeah. So I'm going to go with also gravelly voiced John Lee Hooker with a very Delta blues, old school sound. Okay. Uh, so a song that I would recommend that I think highlights how this could play together is Sally May. <laughs> So what is it about this song that you feel like really represents who he is as a guitarist? His line, he has a line that's, uh, I'll paraphrase it. It's something like, I don't want to play crazy solos. I just want to play mean, mean licks. And some people who know me may, may find this to be a surprising thing for me to say, but I, I just kind of get tired of unnecessarily long, over-the-top, not very thoughtful guitar solos. Uh, I think it's been overdone. I think too many people rely on it. And if you're going to make, and maybe this is because I've gotten into a lot more jazz lately, but like if you're going to make a sound, it should fit. What do you think makes up a good guitar, like a thoughtful guitar solo? Anything David Gilmore does. David okay. Gilmore is by far my, my favorite guitar soloist. Everything is incredibly melodic and just perfectly spaced and timed. The comfortably numb solo. The Brick in the Wall solo uh, is a handful on, um, is it Time? Yeah. Time has a, a big guitar solo. And they're all just crisp and you're hanging on every note.
I love Zach Wild.、Mm-hmm. I love to watch Zach Wild play. Great energy, runs through the crowd, but a lot of times he will go on ten-minute, just fast pentatonic scale solos, and it's like after a couple minutes, it's like, okay, I get it. Let's let's get back. Maybe one thing that really shaped me on that was I was watching a Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers documentary, and they said that their entire strategy was based around, don't bore us, get to the chorus, <laughs> and right, they don't have a lot of elongated solos. They're just very to the point, maybe a little overscripted in terms of their structure, as Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. But you always know exactly where it's going, and when they're veering off in a different direction, you always know it's coming back. So that was a long-winded way to come back to John Lee Hooker. I feel like does a very good job of keeping it within his style, but he never like just deviates and wanders off into some solo. Everything he's playing, and I feel like Sally May is a little more intricate than a lot of stuff that he's known for.、Um, it's just kind of constant. There's always something going on, but it's not overpowering. It's not distracting from the rest of the song. No, a lot of it seems like they're just like little guitar fills, almost just like in between him, like singing the lyrics, and then there's just this quick little like bluesy thing, and then he'll go back into like that little the the standard pattern. But they always sound a little bit different. Yeah, they're all a little bit different. They're all a little dissonant,、um, but it's very different from somebody like BB King or Stevie Ray Vaughan, who makes a big show out of. The guitar sound in between the lyric.、Mm-hmm. John Lee Hooker's is a lot more subtle, but I feel like that actually gives it a little more. It's a little more interesting that way. It's like you know, and that's a preference thing. It's it's bourbon versus scotch. Scotch is a much more subtle, subtle flavor. Bourbon's a huge, big, you know, in-your-face flavor.、Um, no, they're both good. They're still both going to get you drunk, but one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. <laughs> to another John Lee Hooker. <laughs> yeah, none of that seemed like masturbatory at all. Like it felt very much just like, I, I, I yeah, I think subtle is the best word. He's not doing it to like show off at all. Like there's nothing show offy about that. But that doesn't mean that there's still not a lot of thought and and focus that goes into it. You know, if you look up other songs like Boom Boom or Boogie Chillin', like the guitar parts are very to the point.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's not a ton of deviation, but that's kind of what gives it this nice driving momentum, with a little bit of variation through it. It just keeps carrying you. It's like you can, yeah, you can do Dragon Force solos like all day, and you know you're playing 20 notes in three seconds, which you know is hard to do. It, it, it gets boring after a while. Josh picked.、Um, I can't. I can't think of his name, but the guitarist from Animals is Leaders.、Uh, yeah, Tobin Nabasi. Or Tos Tosin, Tosin Navasi. Incredibly talented technical guitarist, but my personal preference, I can only do that for so long. This you could this you could do for like a much lo- extent more extended period of time. Sitting out on the patio with a glass of bourbon, listening to John Lee Hooker, it's one of my favorite summer pastimes. For real, it's just so chill. Can't you can't go wrong. I highly recommend listening to some John Lee Hooker, a nice glass of bourbon. For me, as someone who doesn't do a very good job of relaxing, that's a very quick way for me to just debrief after a hard day. Because it just you sit there and you listen to this kind of driving guitar beat, and it just melts away. There's some, yeah, there's something that just 
because it's it has that momentum it just like kind of like fades a little bit into into the background not so much that you're just like not paying attention to it but it just kind of like it almost just seeps into your brain and becomes like the driving force of you know the rhythm of your thoughts after a while in in maybe a way that the edm works for people who love edm that's not that gives me a headache i can't do it but i, I think it might be a very similar concept of like something that just lives in your brain but no it would through. be amazing to hear uh, like skrillex do a, a remix of john lee hooker just to see how you would feel about it i'd love to hear it <laughs> no I, for real i I like when people mess with genres and styles and blend things that people don't think should be together and turn them into like a great new product. Okay. Awesome. Um, now let's go to, uh, let's go to the drummer who, who do you have as your drummer? (laughs) So when you think of jazz and jazz drummers, you think of England. No, you don't. Nobody does. But, have you ever heard Ginger Baker? Ginger Baker? Ginger Baker, best known for uh, probably for Cream with Eric Clapton and Jack Bruce. Uh, but he started out in love with jazz and becoming a jazz drummer and did that before he really got into the rock world. But he brought all those jazz pieces with him as he moved into rock and incorporated it in a way that I don't think anybody else in you know at, at that level in the 70s 60s and 70s really captured probably more 60s i mean the sunshine of your love drum part is way more complex than most people realize everyone hears the song and the do 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 they're like oh okay it's that fucking song again but if you just listen to the drum part it's like really complex and and way more sophisticated than any other band was was putting out at that point. To be where I'm going in the sunshine of your love. I'm with you, my love. The light shining through on you. See, I want to. I'm thinking of like a song like I Feel Free, which it feels like just the way he like plays the cymbals kind of feels a little little jazzy too. Another one that's just kind of a crazy, uh, it's kind of like a solo pretty much. It's called Toad, T-O-A-D, Toad. Yeah. And that's off their um, Fresh album. It kind of starts with like uh, a rhythm and then the guitar and the bass. And if you move past that, it's just him just owning that drum set. He's going all over those toms. Mm-hmm. He never loses the beat. You, yeah. With the like the the kick drum, you can really feel him just just keeping time with with that, and that just kind of keeps you grounded, regardless of all of the other flourishes that he's doing. That's great. Yeah. I mean, good lord, sir, you can take a break. Right. But he he can 
he can do that, but he can also pare it down in an appropriate way to to go with the full song. Yeah. Like we talked about, I Feel Free, Sunshine Under Love. Um, he can add complex parts in a way that's not overwhelming everything else. Yeah. There's, a, there's an interesting uh, documentary called Beware of Mr. Baker that's currently, that was on Netflix. Um, and he's living in South Africa right now. And this videographer goes down and interviews him and interviews a bunch of people that used to play with him. Uh, interesting character. <laughs> a little rough around the edges. Yeah. Um, but it makes for a very interesting movie about a guy who uh, had an awful lot of music experiences over 50, 60, 70 years. Yeah. When you're in one of the most popular rock outfits coming out of that era like it's got to mess with your head a little bit i mean he was in cream he was in blind faith which was basically cream plus steve winwood <laughs> you know and he bounced around a lot of other bands including in 1980 doing an album with hawkwind the english space rock band that lemmy was in in the early 70s so that's that's how we're bringing it all back around <laughs> but they weren't in the same band at the same time. No, and I never knew. I never knew that Ginger Baker did an album with Hawkwind. Okay. Until I was researching this. Interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah, Lemmy got thrown out in the early seventies. Okay. Now I feel like I have to go back on like all of my picks just to see if they just like recorded albums with each other like accidentally. Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with uh, with Ginger Baker? Mm, no. I would, uh, I would just encourage everyone to check him out because a lot of folks don't really know much about him, but his drum work is quite spectacular. Yeah, I, I feel like people know the outfits that he's been in, just don't know his name specifically. And and I think, you know, Keith Moon gets a lot of the attention for being the crazy, over the top, loud, brash drummer of that yeah. era. Yeah. But I might argue. He was a lot of, you know, big noise and show. Yeah. Uh, and Ginger was a lot of very specific jazz technique. Okay. Which I think would fit in very interestingly with Lemmy and John Lee Hooker. I'm already like trying to imagine like what their what their sound would be together. But before we get into how the whole band sounds, let's go into your your final your final auxiliary member. Uh, my, who... my final my plus one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, gravelly voiced brings a whole lot of soul to the picture. Dr. John. Okay. So uh, the song I'll give you is Revolution, which is off his 2012 album that was produced by Dan Orbach, I think that's how you pronounce it, of the Black Keys. Okay. Dr. John's been around since the 50s. He started as a guitar player until one of his fingers was shot off, and then he became a keyboardist. That is incredibly badass. And created, you know, in in part created, but is often credited with uh, making New Orleans sound a thing in mainstream music. Pains is 
So what are we listening to here? Just that tone, that style, uh, kind of the heaviness, but a little bit of the funkiness that's going on. Yeah, with the with the brass that's going on, or the is that like a? There's brass. There's keyboard. There's guitar playing into it. Is that a, is that a saxophone? I'm trying to pick it out. It's just a lot of sound. Yeah. Is that very New Orleans full sound? Yeah, like you can tell that this is a band that has probably a good ten members. Yeah. So, is there a specific, is there a specific instrument or place in the band that you would want this guy to to fill? Keys. He'd be on keys. So okay. go to uh, uh, maybe switch over to right place, wrong time. All right. And he's got this kind of funky synth thing that he's doing that just drives that whole song. Oh yeah, I've definitely heard this song. Okay, I, yeah. Well, I can definitely imagine a song like this getting sampled by you know, every hip-hop artist under the sun. Okay, I can definitely hear like the, the organ sounds now. It's just, it's funky. And, and I guess I think he would... So, so is this a place where we segue into whole band conversation yeah yeah absolutely so i think john dr john would round out this to johnson this band is kind of based in this very driving constant rhythm lemmy's bass style is very driving um as we talked about john lee hooker style is a lot softer but it just kind of keeps this rhythm flow uh ginger baker is not just like on the two and four with the hi-hat, just keeping time. He's creating a texture that fills around what would be this driving bass and guitar middle ground. And I feel like Dr. John would come in and could lay over some great keyboard organ synth leads to put a higher level cherry on the Sunday. Also, vocally, I think this band would have a, a very interesting sound if you had Lemmy's voice, Dr. John's voice, and John Lee Hooker's voice. Yeah. Harmonizing or playing uh, syncopated lines. Yeah. I think there's an awful lot of cool... Well, they're all gravelly. They're different textures that could play fascinating lines against each other yeah and they all seem at least in the in the songs that you pointed out like they all seem very politically aware of injustices so i i I definitely think that they would all just kind of be on the same page of like gonna make a a protest album or something like i mean that's gonna be part of it yeah and they're all gonna kind of be on the, the same page of you know what lyrically is gonna be going into these songs we're going to write some mean, mean licks. We're going to put some words behind it. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. I think it'd be, I think it'd be funky. I think it'd have a, a driving punch to it. Um, I think it's kind of funny that I have 
two chilled out dudes from like New Orleans and the Delta, and yeah. I have two speed freak English folks, <laughs> um, which I feel like that 50-50 split probably reflects me as a person more than yeah. I realized when I put this together. Yeah. Um, but I dig it. Do you think that it would end up being like softer than, you know, what a lot of Lemmy's uh, fans would be used to? Or do you think that he would kind of bring out, you know, a little bit more of that, not, not thrash, but a little bit more of kind of that speedy, speedy kind of feel to it? I think it would still have a pulse. Like it would, it would keep a, a higher beat per minute pulse. But I think it would lose the screaming guitar piece that a lot of Motorhead songs have. How long do you think that a band like this would stay together? Do you think that, you know, Lemmy's, Lemmy's drug habits and everything would, would cause any friction? Ginger Baker's drug habits were way worse than Lemmy's. Really? <laughs> I'm going to have to watch this documentary then. Lemmy was just a speed freak. Just wants to keep going faster, never stop. My yeah. joke is that, that Lemmy died when he was 60 and just kept going for 10 years. And it wasn't until he was 70 when he ran out. Ginger Baker had a lot of issues with heroin, which Lemmy hated heroin, never touched it, hated anybody that touched it. And I think that that's where the friction would be. Ginger Baker's also uh, allegedly very hard to work with. I think everybody else, I think the other three, I think Lemmy, Dr. John, and John Lee Hooker would probably get along real well. Uh, John Lee Hooker might be like, man, you cats are moving too fast. But <laughs> uh, I think Ginger Baker being a little rough around the edges would probably be the, the biggest friction point to this. Okay. How, uh, how much of an output do you think that they would be able to, to produce? I think you could get one great album out of this team. Yeah? Maybe, maybe two. I mean, Cream only lasted three albums. And then they made Blind Faith, and Eric Clapton is on record as saying, like, I was not thrilled I got to work with Ginger Baker again. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, uh, no, I, I, think, I think you could get one really great album, really great album out of this group. That was just part of the concept, though. It was like, let's put together a sound and, and yeah. layers of texture around the, a theme and, you know, yeah. think about what that would sound like. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you think that it would just be like a, just a 10, 10 song long album? Just, you know, kind of the, the bare, bare minimum? You're going to have like two Ginger Baker drum solo songs. Probably how that's <laughs> going to work. Okay. Um, and then you're probably going to have some, some heavier hitting stuff. And then you're going to have some softer stuff and you're going to have some funky stuff. Just in the interest of compromise, they're going to want all of their respective talents to kind of be showcased at various points. Right. And, and Lemmy's original love was old school rock and roll, old school blues. And so I think him and John Lee Hooker would really connect on that and would go to a lot of, uh, I think there's a Motorhead song called Don't Waste Your Time, which is very old school Chuck Berry style driving piano in it like the whole like the, the boogie woogie piano going on and boogie woogie piano could also come out of dr john and so i think there'd probably be a lot of very old school bluesy 
Chuck Berry style rock and roll happening in that. Alright. Like just constantly feeling it. Awesome. Is what is there anything else that you want to talk about this specific band? Like you kind of you've already named this band. Um, you've already kind of picked out kind of relatively what genre they would fall under. I mean, we'll we'll never know what it would sound like, but yeah, it was it was a fun exercise. It's a it's a very interesting team up. Well, Mike, I have one last question for you. Is there anything that you're currently listening to right now that you're really enjoying? Any any albums or artists that you've found recently that have been really uh, really intrigued by? One thing that kind of surprised me is um, the the group that I play with wanted to do some Talking Heads and some Flock of Seagulls, and yeah. I had, I liked the Talking Heads, but I never really got into them, uh, and so it kind of I've kind of now gone down this this new wave tunnel uh, and exploring that whole genre which I never really got into like I'd heard the Cars song you know some burning down the house and stuff but like like really exploring that and it's it's kind of cool there's some really cool riffs in there there's some really cool um, textures and layers in there uh, when they don't get 80s synth was just kind of a bad sound (laughs) but it is not a pleasant tone Oh no, I'm such a fan of 80 synth. Oh no. But like we we also did uh aha take on me. That tone's fine, but there are some that are just like oppressively synth. <laughs> and in my opinion. And but but being able to play those and kind of take those into a band format where I'm like like we did the Flock of Seagulls and I ran and I ran yeah. so far, right? Yeah. And like taking that keyboard part and like tr- converting that onto a guitar and just turning this into like a, we sped it up a little bit and just this very driving. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a fun song to play. <laughs> Take On Me is a fun song to play. I think those songs were meant to just be fun and just kind of just. You're bouncing the whole time. You're just bouncing around. And and there's a lot of uh, new wave stuff like that. And so it's been fun to like kind of weave through it and see something that I'd kind of written off because of a certain sound of some of the synth I never explored. And now it's like, okay, let's explore it. And yeah, some of that's going to be like not my jam, but you look around that or you can look at it and say, okay, if I did this with, you know, this guitar tone, would I like it? Yeah, you can recontextualize it a little bit. Right. Let's take the structure, let's take the format, let's take the premise, and let's redo it. So either, you know, I'll just for fun try to re-record it myself the way I would want to hear it. Or it's like, okay, if I were to write a song using those themes, using that style, but tweaking this thing, yeah. how would I, what would I write? And then kind of sending myself out on a journey to write a song in this formula that I've devised and just let it happen and see what I get. That's super it's like, cool. Awesome. It's like baking. It's like baking a song. Here's the recipe. Here's the ingredients I want to use. Put it in the oven and see what comes out. And, that's, how and, do, that's how I do a lot of my writing is create a concept and a style and go. That's kind of where that, uh, that, that punk song that I sent you, it's like, I'm just going to write 
like a dumb punk song with the dumbest fucking lyrics possible. And now the intro to that song is the uh, the theme for <laughs> this show now. I really dug it. Well, I wanted to give a, a shout out, a recommendation from myself really quick. Um, I went to this Bon Iver listening party a couple of nights ago because they're releasing their new album at the end of the month. And it was very, very strange. I don't know if you've ever been to like a listening party at a record store before. I have not. It's, um, it's a weird experience. They just, you know, everyone's just there at the record store. And then this guy in just the flattest like most disinterested voice ever at seven o'clock just like we are now playing the new boney Vera album and then it just started and everyone just stopped with what they were doing like no one was shuffling through the records or anything like because it's this old record store that i think like was founded in the 60s or 70s so it's got this really creaky floorboards so like no one was moving so for the next like 40 minutes we're just listening to this record and everyone's just kind of like leaning up against the, the stands and we're kind of looking at each other and being like, this is, it was like the opposite of a silent disco. Have you seen those silent discos? Like where, where it's silent, but everyone's moving. This was the complete opposite where it was, you know, we're blasting this new, this new weird keyboard and beats like Bon Iver album and, and everyone's just, like no one fucking if so, I swear to god if you step on that floorboard right now I'm going to kill you I want to hear this next part like it was it was really kind of surreal but it just meant that everyone really liked it um, and I was really excited because I got to listen to this and I was kind of like oh I get to listen to you know one of my favorite bands their new album like almost a whole month before everyone gets to hear it and then the next fucking day he just decides to release the entire album surprise it's streaming now take a two-hour bus ride to get to this fucking record store like my hipster was showing so aggressively I was like I I heard the new Bon Iver album before any of you guys did. And then the next fucking day, they're just like, ah, fuck it. Like, we're just going to put the entire thing on Spotify and be like, mother, oh, God. So at least I got the like a 12 hour jump on everyone. So I'm going to hold on to that and grasp it. Put that in your LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. I would recommend it, though. It's it's really, really good. It's more accessible than some of their other stuff that they put out recently so I, I, I it's accessible if you get access to a premium listening party 12 hours before it comes out you know what you're gonna real accessible flattery yeah. <laughs> so so you spent four hours round trip on a bus is what you're telling yeah. me yeah you spent four hours round trip on a yeah. bus and yeah. if you would have just waited 12 hours you could have heard it at home is, is what I'm understanding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to pre-order the album, so I got like a little like flex disc of like those singles. So I got got something for free out of it. But other than that, yeah, um, I, I could have just waited. So that's kind of a bummer. You should write that. You should write a song about that. <laughs> Spent four hours on a bus. Could have just waited at home. <laughs> Well, on that note, um, <laughs> another bump in the road. Yeah. All in all, it's just another bump in the road. So, Mike, uh, I know you had promoted the the Loud Space um, show that's coming up on the 29th. I don't know if this is going to be out before then or not. But is there any? Are there any other shows that you're going to be doing anything at, or is there anything? Want people to know? 
keep an eye on the Loud Space Facebook page if you're in the Lansing area. Um, they'll keep posting shows as they add them. Usually try and do one a month um, with a lot of stuff going on the next couple months. It might get spread out a little more, but um, definitely keep an eye out on it. And also, um, I'm hopefully going to start doing some more stuff in the Detroit area. So once I get some folks together and start moving on that, um, I will keep you posted. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for, for, uh, for joining us, Mike. I appreciate it. Insightful as, uh, as usual. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I gave you, hopefully it wasn't what you thought I would do. And it gave you a uh, kind of an interesting, an interesting thing to think about. Honestly, I was thinking that I don't know the actual timeline, but I was thinking that the two people that were going to be in the same band was going to be something like the Yardbirds or something like it was going to be, I, I don't know the actual timeline of when, you know, certain people joined that band and, and left. So, cause I'm pretty sure like it was like Clapton and Jimmy Page and all of them were like, in Jeff that band Beck. at different times, right? Jeff Beck. So that's where I thought it was going to go. It's kind of funny here. Is I started, we started this talking about uh, how there's a lack of, of guitar hero music and people like in that kind of standard format of like people who are very talented guitarists that make you want to pick up the instrument. And I, do, I did not pick a band that had that element. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you wouldn't want to pick up a guitar and play a John Lee Hooker lick or, you know, a Lemmy part, or certainly I think people would hear Ginger Baker drums and want to figure out what the hell is going on there and how do I do that? Um, yeah. But I did think, I think it was a little interesting that I, I started, I led with that, but that's not what I would pick. Well, um, thanks, Mike. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been Fantasy Band Draft. Um, tune in next time for a different person. So bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the Andy Rock and Roy callback that you, that you wanted? It'll do. It'll do. <laughs> 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 <laughs>